welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Hi, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get the meeting started. My name is Wendy. I'm a sexaholic from Colorado. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Um, My co-leader, I know none of you know him. He's a newcomer. His name is Harvey. Please treat him well. Um, And the topic in this breakout is a new freedom and a new happiness from uh, the 12 Promises. Please turn off any electronics and do not record any of this session. In the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the message, this session is being streamed live on the Internet around the globe. In addition, it is also being recorded. The streaming and recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you do not want to be live streamed or recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-streamed, non-recorded meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. When it is time to share, come up to the front and sit next to us. Lined up to use the microphone. Please leave the microphone on the table and don't touch it because it makes noise on the recording. Who here does what you're told not to do? (laughs) So please touch the microphone. Okay. Uh, Okay. Let's begin with a moment of silence for those who are still suffering and unable to attend, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Okay. So, as I said, I'm Wendy. I'm a sexaholic. And um, I like this topic a lot. This is something that's dear to me. It's it's, I've worked really hard for a new freedom and a new happiness, and I'm enjoying it. Um, when I say I have a new freedom and a new happiness, that implies that there was an old freedom and an old happiness, and that was certainly the case for me. Um, my freedom before recovery was rebellious, defiant, um, demanding, um, self-righteous. I was free to do, excuse me, what I wanted, when I wanted, where I wanted, with who I wanted, and for how long I wanted. That was my, quote, freedom. Um, Even in my marriage, (laughs) I had freedom, quote, because I had manipulated my husband into believing that my twisted fantasies and obsessions were his, too. And uh, so... Consequently, I was free to still act out in my marriage. Um, that was a, that's a false freedom, by the way. Um, 
Another form of my freedom comes in the selves. There's, you know, it says uh, bondage of self, and I use what I call my selves um, to remind me when I'm not um, connected. Self-pity, self-righteousness, self-seeking, self-justification, self-obsession, self-blindness. I mean, you get the idea. As far as my happiness... Um, my happiness was pretty much based on what I could take, what I could get, and what I could keep, and have it be mine only. Um, I was always happiest when I was the center of attention, the life of the party, always surrounded by people and noise and music and, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was my happiness. And man, I was happy. <laughs> So I'm going to get off of the problem and start focusing on the solution by uh, living the steps and practicing the principles, which, by the way, I just learned about the principles in a regional retreat that we went to. It's quite interesting, actually. But anyway, by practicing those principles in all my affairs, um, my freedom and happiness today are directly proportional to my humility and my gratitude. Um, They also come from my attitude of powerlessness. It's so freeing to not have that power or that false power. Um, Acceptance. Acceptance is part of my freedom and happiness today. If I am not being accepting, I'm trying to be God. And I did a pretty crappy job of that most of my life. So um, I've decided that that's... I'm going to go ahead and fire myself, and that's going to be God's job. Um, You know, the things that make me happy today really are gifts from God. Um, This fellowship, my family, and not just my immediate family, but, you know, um, my circle of family, my brother and his wife. I never liked his wife. I thought she was a horrible person. Um, and so consequently, anytime there was a family gathering or anything like that, I was not happy. I didn't want to go. Um, I didn't want to have to be in the same room with her. And the focus was all on my feelings. What was going to make me happy? And after working through this program, it's really interesting that now her and I are really close. I've learned to accept her And by accepting her, I see the beauty that she has, plus the fact that she's a captain and a firefighter and could probably kick my ass if I did anything to piss her off. So, um, but, but the point is, if I wanted to have a relationship with my brother, I had to accept the fact that he was with her and I had to accept her as part of the family. And by doing that, we have, we have monthly family game nights. And I look forward to them. And we always come up with different games. And her and I are kind of in a competition as to who can have the funniest game. So anyway, it's, it, my point is, today, acceptance has given me happiness. It really has in so many ways. <sighs> I'm not in control. That's oh, awesome. I love it. Um, so yeah, so one of the best things I learned was humility. That was one of the ways that I learned to be free. Um, 
which is kind of ironic because I really didn't even know what humility was before this program. I thought it meant you were funny, and I'm not joking about that. <laughs> anyway. Um, but the, the, the point is that I have to be hum- humble before God. I have to be humble before all of you and everybody in my life, and um, especially in my heart. I have to be humble in my heart because I can speak humility and read humility, um, but if I don't have it in my heart, it's not real. Um, and it's, it's really hard being all that. <laughs> so I like, I like the humility factor. Um, I... I really am happy to accept whatever God's will is for me today. That That's not always what I want. That's not always what's going to make me happy at the moment. But I am happy to accept that will. Um, so for, t- for today, happiness and freedom are real in my life. I never really knew the difference between bondage of self and happiness and freedom. Um, so I guess, um, I'll just wrap up by saying that, uh, as long as I stay out of God's way, I'm pretty much going to be happy and free because I'm, again, I'm powerless. Um, and it's, I've only learned all of this stuff through these meetings, through all of you, through reading, through more meetings. Um, I go to a meeting every day. Um, through the principles. Most importantly, I have a new life, and I'm happy, joyous, and free. Thank you. I'm going to pass it over to Harvey. I'm Harvey Asher, sexaholic. It's so exciting coming to a meeting that I'm speaking at. (laughs) This, I never know what I'm going to say. It's so difficult for me to say, God, help me not prepare. God, help me not prepare. It's tough. I want to be in control. I don't want to trust that before I start, I always whisper to myself, even at my local meetings, I never share without first saying to myself, God, you talk for me if you have something for me to say. So I get surprised what comes out a lot of times. You all get surprised what comes out sometimes. And um, sometimes I get a lot of negative feedback <laughs> from what comes out. <clears throat> you know, it's a um, continuum. It comes in the ninth step, a new freedom and a new happiness. You know, why wouldn't it come earlier? Waits to the ninth step because <laughs> there's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, this is the theme, I guess, this weekend. God's been telling, having me talk to you about. 
He's really busy. It's really busy. Can you imagine taking care of multiple universes and solar systems? Black holes, energy, a new star being born. He, it, whatever, has a lot to do. So what happens? He opens a door, and for me, it was essay, and he says, and in some re- languages they have words for it, go in good health. Then I got to work my ass off. This mythological concept that we just sit here and we just keep repeating, but for the grace of God, but for the grace of God, that we're going to leave our private parts alone. (laughs) No, I have to wear a towel. I can't see myself nude. I can't look at myself when I go to the bathroom. No, there's work to this. And a new freedom. They said I don't have to look at myself again and again. (laughs) And then watch things happen to my body again and again. A new freedom. And subsequently a new happiness. By my work and my butt off, all kinds of things happen. My first two years of recovery, we only eventually, after seven months in AA, we had um, one meeting a week of essay for uh, a couple of years. And um, I went to 21 meetings a week for two years. I was so ill. If I weren't in a meeting, I'd be acting out. Next few years, I graduated to 14 meetings a week for years. I'm sober 34 years. I go to the minimum of four meetings a week, the minimum. On the phone all the time when I'm not at my job. I have a serious, progressive, chronic disease. I personally need a lot of medication. And it gives me this new freedom and this new happiness. You know, what is this happiness? I don't know how to define happiness, my God. Nothing feels better than an orgasm. So am I going to compare it to an orgasm? (laughs) I mean, what the hell is happiness? I 
don't know why everyone's laughing. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to say words like this, are you, among sex addicts? Because they don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah, trigger, trigger. Yeah, they don't know what it is. Yeah. By the way, you all treat each other in such a mythological way. People who have done everything, if not thought everything, and yet we're not allowed to use certain words. Not me. I got a new freedom and a new <laughs> We have a guy in Nashville. <laughs> Every few words out of his mouth is the F word. <laughs> he can't say a sentence without the F word. <laughs> and I have a sponsee from another country. And he gets so uptight when I use it, a word pops out. And I said, I'm glad you're not going to meetings in Nashville. <laughs> this is the new freedom and happiness, the laughter. The laughter. God, you go to an AA meeting, and there's such laughter. And you come here, you think you're in a funeral home. <laughs> Everyone's so serious. How can we be serious when we've been freed for 24 hours? Happiness is the absence of discomfort. I was taught from early on in my recovery, this program is not about a material, not about lust, not about alcohol. It's about comfort. If you don't get comfortable, you're going to default to your drug. So I need to be comfortable. Regretfully, the way I used wasn't effective because as an addiction, I built tolerance. I mean, this sexual addiction protected me for years. Growing up, my voice quivered saying that. I, you know, abused everywhere, every place. Man, it, it saved me. But somewhere along the way, my best friend turned on me and became my enemy. What was protecting me then started torturing me. Because of the concept of tolerance, I needed a larger dose. And a larger dose had to do more and more, more and more often. And then the phenomenon of craving comes in. Well, you must get it again. Bondage, true bondage. My good friend turned into my slave master. And relieve me of the bondage of self, as you said. 
So already in the third step, we're given hints of the new freedom and new happiness. And what is the bondage of self? Have you ever thought about it? It's my damn brain. Whenever I'm thinking, I'm behind enemy lines. <laughs> no enemy of mine has ever hurt me more than I have hurt myself with this disease. And we're always talking about PTSD in this fellowship because most of us have it. I certainly have it. But let me tell you, it's not only from the past, but my acting out gave me additional PTSD issues. The places I would go to, the consequences I'd get, No one abused me more than I ended up abusing myself because of an addiction, not because of a badness. I am not bad getting good. I'm sick getting well. I inherited this. This runs in families. Maybe not yours, but for the most part, it runs in families' addiction. And if it's not one addiction, it's another in the family. So when I relieve the freedom from my brain, and yet that is the one step, this fellowship won't talk much about. The 11th step and meditation. You, you all won't talk about it. The Judeo-Christian concepts have so caught this fellowship up that all we could talk about is prayer. Yet the prayer as a form to relieve our brain, yeah, but it's not the only form and it's only 50% of the form in the 11th step. Through prayer and meditation. Because if you cannot be mindful of your thoughts without judging it, how can you use your tools to help it? If immediately you get a sexual thought and then you immediately start beating yourself up instead of being mindful and saying, ah, there's that thought again. How do you like that? I've only had it for 78 years. <laughs> we get these thoughts like they're original thoughts. By the way, when you're willing to do this, the brain is very similar to a computer. There is, are just so much software you got. You could put new software in. Once you go back to one of those fantasies, believe it or not, there are just a certain amount that your brain is going to default to. If you will 
tell yourself the truth about each one of those episodes from your past, what AA calls euphoric recall, and say what really happened, what really happened, the smells, the feelings, the stickiness, the the almost getting hurt, whatever. The reality stuff, if you don't get stuck in the peak of the experience and tell yourself the whole story, by the way, you run out of software once you tell yourself the truth. Those stop coming in. This it knows it's going to tell you what really happened, and it doesn't like that part. So much of this is about going there, getting there, going there, being there, having the orgastic experience, but then right after, then the brain stops the fantasy. No, that's not the whole story. Having to come home with the smells, having to go shower quickly, having to look down and find out you got little bugs running around down there. <laughs> we got audience participation now. <laughs> By the way, can you let me know about the time, Biss? <laughs> I lose where I am. Your time was on about 10 minutes. Oh, you're kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wrap it up. That means three hours later. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I had... An AA sponsor years ago who was invited to speak at the International, and it was his last talk before he died from cancer. And um, he starts out by saying, if you all think I'm going to stop in an hour, you got a big mistake. <laughs> He'd go an hour and a half no matter what. I'm not going to do that here. Um, Go within. Get to that 11th step as soon as you can. Get some apps. Learn about meditation. Learn about mindfulness. Get some of that space inside you. Until you get that space inside you, how are you going to feel the God within Don't get hung up with these messages. Our Father, who art in heaven. No, that minimizes where he is. It's in this room also. It's within every one of us. It's the space in this room. You actually think this is an empty room? This is space? Do you know the billions of particles? If the light was a little way, we'd see it? 
We live this delusional life of not seeing all that's there. Having had a spiritual awakening, we awake to what we could not see. And it's all there and all here. We know it. We heard with the talks today. You can't hardly remember certain lines or sentences of the talks for the past day, but you know you experienced the talks. Why do you think that is? That's the fourth dimension. That's the new freedom. That's the new happiness. Get there. Go there. You could do it. But the key is you got to leave your privates alone for 24 hours. <laughs> That's all you got to do. It's not that complicated. And then stay out of your brain by using the 18-wheeler. It's so simple, most people can't get it. They try to do it forever. It cannot be done forever. It's done for 24 hours. I'm not sober 34 years. I'm sober 24 hours for 34 years. It's so simple. Don't complicate this program. I love you all. Thank you. So that was our headliner. I was the opening act. I was the opening act. Thank you, thank you. He was the headliner. I was the opening act. Headliner in quotes without an opening act, if you're anyone, right? We need the thank you. Yeah. Okay, let's move into participation. You now have the opportunity to share with the group. Please focus on the topic of the meeting. Like uh, like sharing in any essay meeting, please limit your sharing to the topic, avoiding explicit description or distracting comments, and focusing on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Please line up to our left so we don't have to wait for each person to come up and speak loud enough for everyone to hear. You'll each have two minutes to share and I'll keep the time. Um, Who'd like to come after Harvey? I'll have to tip my hat off to you first off. That was one heck of a speech in, in, in. <laughs> anyhow we folks uh, my uh, my name is James B and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic hey James oh, what's that uh, okay can anyone okay cool cool uh, my name is James I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic and and uh, and my old freedom was found in wanting to manipulate and control things so that I ensured what I what I felt I deserved versus what God willed for me. It also meant manipulating others and browbeating others, sometimes with 
um, sometime with my intellectuality, uh, manipulating people in places to get what I wanted. Uh, I thought that controlling everything was the thing that was going to make me happy. Uh, and lo and behold, I found out that it made me absolutely and positively miserable. Not just inside, but I was absolutely and positively a miserable old cad to be around. Uh, and then I came, I came into this program through the grace of God and uh, through the power, the admission of my powerlessness and my willingness to surrender and give up my rights to be resentful, be controlling, be manipulative, uh, be deceitful, especially being deceitful and dishonest with myself. That was a, that was a huge stumbling block for me, especially early on. Uh, and when I came in and, and started to work this program in diligence, uh, something hit me really profound today. Um, I've been sober by the grace of God for about uh, since February 10th of 2014, and it's only been in the last two years of my recovery where I've ex- where I first started to get glimpses of, and uh, currently experience a new freedom and joy where I'm free from those obsessive thoughts. I'm free from that need to control. I'm free from that need to be right. I'm free from that from uh, from using others as a means to an end for my gratification. Um, and I actually today experienced a genuine love of my life for the first time. Uh, and it wasn't just living, it was living in bowl, it was li- living that peaceful, joyful, and free life. I got a glimpse of it for the very first time today, um, having sat through a, n- a number of these meetings and breakout groups. And I can tell you, this is a far better feeling than what my most compulsive binges of acting out ever could entail. It's wonderful. I love my life as it is, and it is real for once. It is not based on unreality. It's based on reality. And and right now there is no drug than this type of natural high. Thank you. you. Ned, uh, sexaholic from Seattle. Come visit me. Um, I, I hate to to pop your bubble, Harvey, but uh, I need to do a little bit more than not touch myself in order to be sober. I did not learn to masturbate till I was forty five. <laughs> you bought, you got it. Yes, but I was entirely crazy. Uh, my life was unmanageable. I, my, my particular drug of choice is just an obsession with nudity. I think a few of us can identify, I'm sure. But uh, in terms of uh, freedom, uh, usually I really avoid non-conference-approved literature, but I heard somewhere that freedom is another word for nothing left to lose. And uh, the only... The only time I have nothing left to lose is when I've given it away to you folks in these meetings, and it does give me freedom. Um, there have probably been two times in my life where I really felt entirely free of the obsession for like a whole month. It was like incredible, like pink cloud kind of stuff. And one time was when I, I uh, my counselor said, I, I want you to write down on paper uh, the fantasy that you're, 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 that couldn't have been me, could it? 
This was going to be really fast. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, well, I will try to be. But uh, well, she had me write down my the the grossest, awfulest fantasy out of my head, which I totally didn't want to do. I went to my sponsor with that request. Uh, he did not leave me off the hook. He said, well, that sounds like a good idea. Um, but I did that. It, it was hard. I, it was about about a sentence and a half, but I, I had to squeak that out word by word. I, I gave it to my counselor after giving it to my sponsor. Uh, she put it in her file, and it's sitting there. So uh, I don't have to lose that anymore. But for a month, incredible freedom. And I, um, Fortunately, my wife is in her Essanon meeting right now, so she doesn't have to hear the other part. The other time I had, had really real big freedom was when she was in Australia. So, um, yeah, true. My wife's a good Essanon. I, I listen to her recordings. She doesn't listen to mine. <laughs> uh, but that did tell me something. I had, I had some good sobriety at that point, but when she left for Australia, I had to go through withdrawal all over again. Uh, and that told me this isn't just about this disease. There's something more than this disease going on for, for my emotional sobriety. But once I got through that withdrawal, incredible freedom, uh, of course she came back, so I still have to work it one day at a time, and I'm thankful to you guys for that. Ned Sexaholic. Marty, I'm grateful. Um, a long time ago, I went through treatment for drugs and alcohol because and, I couldn't take it anymore. And then, I don't know, some of you guys have probably done that. And I felt so good. I mean, it was just like, wow. Um, I was 28, but I felt like I was like 16, you know. And then I come at 45, sober, sober up here, and it's just like, Man, I'm, I feel like a young buck. I mean, um, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm old, but I mean, this is like, this is crazy. I mean, I, it, it feels so good. I asked one of my sons, I think when I got like my seven year chip or something, I was working out in the garden. I said, Hey, I got this chip. You know, he said, Come here a minute. He said, Do you think this is helping me? You know, because I just wondered what he thought. And he says, Dad, this has really calmed you down a lot. <laughs> this is calm for me. You know? um, but that felt really good. And I was sharing this gentleman over here. My wife's a big Allen on her. And she said, she hasn't said it lately, but once in a while she'll say to me, she said, Marty, when you go to your meeting, that shows me that you love me. It's like, you know, it gives me goosebumps. You know, it's just. Thank you, Hi, Tom. Grateful sexaholic from New Jersey. And thank you. Um, and uh, something you were talking about, Harvey, was just about the presence of God in in the room in our hearts in all of us. And um, one thing that started giving me freedom is when I started actually journaling the things that I'm grateful for, where I see God in everything, and looking to see just, you know, what is feeding me through my eyes visually? Is it the lust? Is it, you know, is it objectifying somebody? Or can I look at 
what God has created in front of me, looking at the flowers, looking at the sky, looking at the other people, you know, other people who are created in God's image, you know, be able to see how God has created each one of us in such a distinct and beautiful way. And when I get to see that, I get to see the God in every one of us and seeing how God has hand-selected each one of us to be the way that we are. It gives me that freedom. I don't have to go and, and ruin my eyes by now trying to objectify somebody's body parts. But I could just see the glow within somebody. You know, their, their personality, their joy comes out. You know, just like when you, when you have little kids and they're exploring things for the first time, going out in the field and, and just being happy, just running. You know, that, that's the freedom to see that God is constantly loving you, surrounding you, holding you and just saying, you don't need to put that crap in your eyes anymore. Let me show you how much I love you and show how, that I am constantly surrounding you. I'm with you, with all of your friends, all, you know, in this room. God is in each one of us. And he's expressing his love. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Well, good afternoon. Um, my name is Andrew Sexaholic. Andrew. Grateful to be around uh, other bozos on this uh, bus. I... Uh, I, uh, I have an opportunity to, uh, to really um, work on and appreciate the new freedom and the new happiness uh, this coming week or coming several months. I uh, was let go from my job uh, this past week, not for acting out, which is, which is good, um, but again, uh, not communicating well, not, uh, not really getting on well with my boss and meeting his expectations. Um, and it, it's, it's tough and it's, uh, it's really, it's been hard on my, my pride and that's a good thing to an extent. Um, and I have a lot to be, to be grateful for. And the new freedom and new happiness is, um, through this program, uh, I, I had a very strained relationship with my parents, um, for years and, uh, I had a, a relationship breakthrough with them in, in 2014 and it's, it's been wonderful and joyful to be around them. And they've, uh, you know, offered for me to, you know, come to the house during the week and, uh, you know, work on job related stuff for, uh, you know, resume, you know, researching jobs, et cetera, uh, at their house using their computer. I mean, I used to act out on their computer. So I have an opportunity to, I mean, to make living amends by, uh, using their computer for something uh, productive. Um, and it's an opportunity to get to a lot more, uh, lot more meetings, uh, to do a lot more, uh, step work and calls. Um, and, um, yeah, for years I had this high stress job and I was, um, fearful. I was, uh, resentful at people, um, angry at my boss, resenting him. Um, and now, um, in place of you know this resentment and uh, and fear and focusing on what I don't have, I can uh, I have space for gratitude. Thanks. Let me share. I'm Carl Sexaholic, and uh, great to see you all. Thanks, Harvey, and 
I can't see the other one. Wendy, thanks so much. I really enjoyed hearing you. Sponsor, yes, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I need lots of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just really identified with not, not wanting to play God, you know. And sometimes, like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think out what's God's plan for me and, uh, projecting that tomorrow this is going to happen. And if I do this, this will happen and that doesn't happen. And, I remember once ringing Harvey and it was like I said, I'd go, la, 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 la. I kept talking for about five minutes. He turned around and he said, Carl, you're thinking again. <laughs> uh, that, that, that just stopped it right there. It just, it just stopped it. And it was just such a relief because my brain is constantly coming up with scenarios that just aren't true. And I remember there was another one where I got a resentment towards a member who didn't ring me back for two days. And, I was really, really upset, and I was like, step four is going on, and he said, sorry, Carl, my phone was broke. I couldn't get back to you. You know, like, just my brain going over and over and over, like, really fast, you know, sort of generating. It's like a, it's like a computer that just doesn't switch off very often. Um, but it's got better and better over the years. And uh, um, when we first came in, when we first came in, you know, a sponsor would have, have us all sit in the restaurant, writing on napkins, writing out fear lists, you know, and sharing them. And it's a really good thing to do, to stop the brain for a few minutes, because it's just this, I'm scared of, you know, everything. Everything seems, one fear seems to follow another, and it can be really corrosive. Um, but I just finished on one thing that, that brings a lot of joy, is seeing others recover. And... Um, we both have myself, we both have a great friend in, in Poland and Pavel knows who it is as well and he struggled with sobriety, man, he just struggles so bad. And uh he's sober now, he's got a year. And he's just suddenly become the go to guy in Poland. You know, he's on his phone at five o'clock in the morning. Sorry, Carl, I can't talk. I got a call coming in, you know, because he's got this he's got he's got the he's got the uh, he's got what people want. But it's so beautiful to see people recover, so I'm grateful to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Yoni, recovering sex hog. Uh, thank you, Wendy and Harvey, uh, for uh, talking about new freedom, new happiness. Uh, I just want to share, for me, new freedom is uh, freedom not to lie. Uh, my active well, just to qualify quickly, I was sober for a year, been in the program five, six years, been sober for a year and a half, then relapsed for a year and a half straight, couldn't get month, week, or day. Uh, someone said, just stick it out, keep coming back, don't give up. And now I turned the corner and um, sobriety dates May 20th. So I guess I waited until the miracle happened, I stayed around. And, um, yeah, so when I was in active addiction, like five words, uh, I'm married. So five words, my wife would ask me towards the end of my workday, when are you coming home? And I would just forget about thinking. I would overthink. And um thinking, like, when am I coming home? Well, let me think. When would I act out? And after that, I'll come home. So basically, I'll, like, you know, figure out when I'm coming home, then add, like, another two or three or eight hours after that. And then, you know, all within a split millisecond, and then give the answer. And further on in my, in some, some recovery, you know, I would think, I would tell her the answer and then say, why do you ask? And now I just tell her the answer. <laughs> it's a new freedom for me not to have to lie, not to have to make up stories, not to have to overthink anything and make a 
big deal about something that's not a big deal. That's definitely a new freedom. And the new freedom is an example, like what Harvey mentioned. I know for every day that I work my program, my disease is working. You know, if I'm working 24 hours in my program that day, my disease worked a thousand hours to get me to, you know, to forget I have a disease, basically. Um, so for me, the new freedom is every new MO I didn't do yet. Because I know if I take that second look, with the first one's on God, right? <laughs> so I take that second look, I'm going to go to a new acting out because my tolerance level you know, won't stay the same because my disease is acting, is, is working behind the scenes. So every new day that I'm sober for another day, it's like a new freedom of a new MO I didn't experience yet, I didn't get to yet, thank God. I was thinking about the new happiness. I know it's there. Yeah, there it is. Uh, uh, so my, my um, one of my MOs is SA, skin and anatomy. SA. That was supposed to be funny. And and so when when I when I when I gaze, when I look, when I stare, I, I violently rape someone with my eyes and, and take and it creates the emptiness, like all the happiness just goes away. And when I could uh have a giving look or a look where um you know, it's seeing a person for what they, who they are, what they are. Um, that's the happiness. That's new happiness for me. Thanks for listening. Before he shares, I just want to let everybody know that if it's okay, um, I'm going to let the meeting run a little late. Try and give more people an opportunity to share. Obviously, you're free to go. Hello, everybody. My name is Paweł. I'm a sexaholic from Poland. Uh, yes, I, I, um, I'm always uh, a little bit stressed uh, sharing uh, in front of the big audience. And it was um, probably it was uh, one of the problems of my, of my recovery that uh, I felt always stressed. If I, my performance would be uh, good enough. I, I like to because I am um, so much involved in uh, kind of professional artistic stuff and I have always been trying to be in the center of attention to expect approval from others. And right now uh, I know that uh, every surrender in my life uh, helps me to be uh, closer to God, not to uh, um, expect any kind of approval from other people because for me most importantly uh, is uh, to be connected with uh, um, something bigger, something stronger than myself. When I started my recovery in 2012, probably it was uh, my group. There was 25 people in the group and there were, I came to the room and I, everyone was, uh, smiling and laughing I, I was wondering what they are smiling about because I I wanted to kind of words of compassion that I am I was acting out for 25 years I am really seri seriously de deadly serious guy so uh, there's nothing to laugh about so yes yeah, so I was, I was first of all I was kind of disappointed about it but later on 
there was something that I wanted to to to, to have. Yes, I, I could see people with uh, ten years of sobriety, and was for me it was like the man from the moon almost. <laughs> So uh yes so if you want to have what i have so just come on and 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 um, one man uh, from sa he invited me to his house and we have made the first day of my recovery was in his house and i have made three steps and i felt a real freedom that uh, this was the beginning of my recovery was three steps in his house it, it might take uh, more than one hour probably but uh, it was the beginning and i i really enjoyed that and i felt this freedom for the first time that i i belong i belong i am i am on the right way i i don't have to uh, stay all the day in my house i don't want to isolate i can be belong to something bigger greater than myself um so I want to share that. I'm very grateful to Harvey. He came to Poland one time and uh, probably uh, plenty of times. And uh, thanks to his workshops, I am right now here. Uh, I really enjoyed his tapes. That's kind of uh, like the Beatles, like the Beatles for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not listening to the music. I'm listening to Harvey. So... Thank you for letting me share. We're going to go with it. You go ahead. No, no you. No, you. <laughs> We're going to close at the end. Now, right after this share. And if someone wants to stay longer, they can share because they got to clean up. And do Bob Ford's Exaholic. I made a decision in 1963 at the age of 14, and I had already been masturbating for a number of years, that was to influence the rest of my life. And I did not realize the reasons that I had made it for. You talked about sex, drugs, rocks and roll, and the Beatles. The Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan Show, and I decided I'm going to do that. And for the next 26 years... I was a rock and roll musician, and there is nothing better, no better way to feed sex, drugs, and rock and roll than by being a rock and roll musician. In 1987, I had to give that up in order to stay sober in this program and in the AA program. And I, you know, had, had you told me way back then that my life would be the way it is right now, I would say, no, thank you, I don't want that. And yet what I have today is better than anything I ever could have wanted. I want to thank each and every one of you and Wendy and Harvey and everybody else for being here to help me with my sobriety. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.